Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the final hour of today's episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, especially this week when there is so much on the line. This week, uh, in terms of news and politics and the world around us and medicine, right? <laughs> this week, another big one in our march towards freeing ourselves from the burden of this pandemic. Uh, this week, uh, big stuff going on. I am very grateful that you chose to spend a portion of it with me here on these airwaves. One of the one of the questions that has been lingering and that we have uh, as we've knocked on the doors of the various members of Utah's federal delegation to ask has been, listen, January 6th is coming up. you got an important job to do. You have an important decision to make. Will you or won't you vote to certify the votes cast by the electors in the Electoral College? Will you certify the Electoral College results? And, you know, as the days have gone by, uh, we have learned that various members of Utah's federal delegation uh, are, are choosing to to go different ways. We have learned that uh, n- newly sworn in member Burgess Owens, Representative Owens, and uh, Congressman Chris Stewart have both made it known they will be objecting. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney has made it known that he will be uh, certifying the results. And in a conversation I had just yesterday with uh, freshman congressman representing Utah's first congressional district, Blake Moore, he let it be known he will be raising no objection uh, and will have his ears open when the debates uh, inevitably inevitably take place. Uh, one of the lingering question marks is uh, alongside uh, Mike Lee, although we do have some indications about where he stands, and we'll get into that in the next segment. Uh, but one of the lingering questions has been, uh, where stands Congressman John Curtis? In a statement uh, here this morning, uh, it has become uh, pretty clear where the congressman stands, and he joins us now uh, to explain his position. Uh, congressman, sir, welcome to the program. Good morning, or good afternoon, rather. Hello, I'm sorry. Lee. Yeah, good afternoon. Always good to talk to you. Uh, t- tell me uh, and listeners where you stand right now. Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I, I I don't want to imply that this was a decision made this morning. This is actually something I've uh, felt strongly about from the beginning and uh, haven't really uh, equivocated. The, the second thing I'd point out is, is you're using the word certify. And I think um, that has a lot to do with why we're looking at this. When I say we're, I mean me and my colleagues are looking at this from a different perspective if you're looking at this from the perspective that Congress has the duty to be the judge and jury on this, I can see why you'd feel differently than I do. If you're looking at this in, in how I'm viewing our constitutional responsibility, which is simply to count uh, the, the, the votes, this is a very easy decision. And, and that's why I said that I won't be objecting. 
Very, very good. You, in the statement you released today, uh, you say that, quote, I have studied my role and it is clear to me that I have a duty to speak on behalf uh, of the election process in Utah and listen to any objection raised by my fellow lawmakers concerning their state. Uh, let me first say, I, I appreciate that return to fundamentals. I re- appreciate uh, you taking a look at exactly what the role is. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the decision to look at look at it from that perspective and what you learned as you did that study. Well, I've, I've come uh, really a long, it has been a journey for me, but let me just say this, that this is to me, and I, and I say it that way because I I do believe that my colleagues are very well-intentioned on all sides of this. But to me, this has become an issue of federalism. And I believe the founders were very, very clear that they wanted to vest to the state legislatures the power to uh, to handle the electoral college, not to us. Uh, imagine if Congress was making the final decision, overriding the will of the states. That's a place I don't want to be. Is the decision to be made and those standing on different sides of it, is the division so fundamentally profound uh, that it will have long-lasting uh, impacts on the strength of the Republican Party moving forward? No, I don't believe so. I will tell you that the differences are profound and, and the feelings are strong. But I also believe that we, we unite on so many things um, that once tomorrow's passed, I think you'll see us come together and, and work together to promote strong Republican values, by the way, which are, are very representative of my district and our state. Good fiscal responsibility, good good responsibility in, in, in from the federal government in helping uh, the states and uh, be successful in their role. I think you'll see us unify in, in a way that uh, will, will uh, be satisfying to our voters. Will the will Utah's federal delegation move forward united, even with uh, various members on different sides of this? Absolutely. And I, I can speak especially for the House. We're really excited for our two new members, which see this differently as, as uh, the two of us that have been here for a while see it differently. But there's so much more that we agree on uh, that I think you'll see us working as a really good team. Mm. Uh, what? Let me see how to phrase this. Exactly. I don't want uh, you to like, you know, you don't need to reveal any, you know, behind the scenes conversation. I'm not asking you to do that. But uh, have there been conversations with the rest of the delegation? Well, you mean by the you mean the Senate delegation? Well, so so, you say the rest of the delegation. I'm sorry. So so of the of the six of you, the House and Senate combined, uh, you know, you each have a similar decision to make. What's communication been like as you have each come to your respective decisions? And has there been much you know, communication, the, or is it all? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would want the, the constituents of Utah to know that we work really well together. That there's frequently a lot of dialogue. Um, as long as I've been here, it's always been a very respectful dialogue and, and a real yearning to understand the other person's position. Uh, as I speak with Congressman uh, Stewart, I have just this tremendous respect for him. And as we discuss this, I think both of us have worked hard to see it through the other person's eyes. And uh, I think you'll you'll find that really on most of our issues that we have that type of a dialogue. I'm happy to hear that. And and I can say as you know, a former staffer, uh, this isn't a new phenomenon. The Utah delegation has been united and strong uh, for, for as long as I've been in this game. 
and that uh, is good for this state. You don't need me to say it, but uh, it's an encouraging thing to to hear this type of, uh, you know, if not unity on this issue, but respect for one another and the positions that you have each earned uh, via, uh, you know, the constituent vote. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And I would also add to that, it brings real color to my decisions to, to speak with the different members who all come from a very different perspective, a very different background. And that, that I think riches, riches make our decisions more rich to have that type of conversation with each other, with each other and understanding how they're seeing it. You mentioned a, a moment ago uh, your relationship with constituents. Can you talk to me a bit about the communications that your office has received from constituents uh, in the lead up to you know, the re- revealing your position today? Well, uh, you shouldn't be surprised. Nobody would be surprised that, that they have some very strong feelings on this. And I've tried uh, as, as much as I can to call them personally and talk with them or respond to their emails. Obviously, the volume makes that impossible to do. But, I, you know, it's interesting as I talk with constituents who see this uh, from a different perspective than I do, I've found every single conversation um, likewise respectful and a yearning to understand it from each other's perspective. And I, I think I walk away from each one of those conversations a little bit more informed, and hopefully uh, they do as well. All right. Uh, Congressman John Curtis, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your service. Thanks for sharing with us here on these airwaves live. Mike, uh, your position on this issue will be watching closely as events unfold tomorrow uh, in a joint session of Congress and very likely in uh, the debates that take place as objections arise, as they've been telegraphed by many members of Congress, yourself excluded. So thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Lee. All righty. Uh, there you have it. I, I think by my count, we've spoken to uh, the entire House delegation. We have a statement from uh, Senator Romney. Uh, the last remaining question mark is Senator Mike Lee. And there has been uh, there's been some telegraphing of his position. Uh, we, we might have some hints as to where he stands on this, though it is not yet definitive. I'll share with you what we do know and outline what we don't know next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.